Yassis, and welcome to the Greece Travel Secrets podcast. Your host is the founder of the Greece Travel Secrets website, Sandy Pappas, and she's joined by a variety of guests covering all sorts of topics about visiting Greece and making the most of your Greek odyssey. Welcome back, listeners, as once again we join archaeologist Alona Barsh on part three of her incredible Greek odyssey. Uh, this time uh, she's going to go to Mykonos, down to Crete, over to Rhodes, and a little bit of a stopover in Narcosos as well. So I hope you enjoy it. Okay, first stop, Mykonos, party central. So, however, right next door... So tell us about Delos. This is an island only, I think, two kilometres or something off the coast of, of Mykonos and is the complete opposite. Yeah. So you can see Delos from Mykonos. Mykonos is part of the island group, the Cyclades, which is referring to the circular shape that they make around the island of Mykonos. So it is the centre of the Cyclad Cycladic Islands. Um, it's... In myth, it is the birthplace mm -hmm. of the gods Apollo and Artemis, who were twins. And so from very, very ancient times, it was a really important shrine. Oh. But it then came to hold something of the same function as Delphi in that it started holding treasuries and um, right. goods it's a sacred for island. the main city-states yeah. and was considered mm. inviolate because of that. And then in Alexandrian times, it became the only tax-free port in the Aegean. So it became a really important trading centre for a long time as well. Um, and it was tax-free because of its status as a religious shrine. So a lot of trade started going through there. It is a sacred island. So mm -hmm. nobody lives on Delos at mm -hmm. all. Um, it, the, not today. They did. And you can see some old houses and stuff there if you walk further on the island. The entire island is considered a UNESCO World Heritage Site. And pretty much the entire island is covered in ancient Greek ruins from this shrine city. So you hop on the ferry in the morning, takes you about 20 minutes, 30 minutes, depending on the seas, to get out there. It's There's nowhere to buy water on Delos, and when I was there at least there was nowhere to use the bathroom. Mm. So be prepared. Mm. But they would... You know, I don't remember. I just don't remember the bathroom situation. Anyway. The museum <laughs> was under renovation when I was there, so the bathrooms had been closed off. Yeah, see, the museum was open when we were there um, and I'm pretty sure there were toilets there, yeah. If there aren't, your best bet and what I did is there are several, there are boats yeah. about every hour and a half. So you can go back down to the dock and quickly use the boat yeah. while it's on, use the toilets right. on the boat Good while tip. it's unloading people. I spent the whole day there. I took my lunch because I'm a nut about this stuff. You don't need to spend the whole day. I would recommend a full half day, though. There's a there's a tour that you can take. You just when you turn up, the tour guides are there. You pay them on the spot, and they take you round. They will take you round the main city first, and then up the hill to see the Temple of Zeus. The views. It's not a difficult walk up that hill. Stairs all the way. The view from there, however, is mm -hmm. second to none. You can see. It feels like you can see the whole Aegean mm -hmm. from the top of that hill. If you don't want to do a tour, I recommend heading mm -hmm. up the hill first so that you are out of sync with the tour groups and you don't end up in the back of a big group of people mm -hmm. walking in front of you. And it's great. There's the religious section of it, but there's also a huge section of what would have been the working city of Delos still mm -hmm. still intact. Mm -hmm. So you can see all the houses that people lived in, the types of rooms they had, the the sewerage and the plumbing. That yeah, yeah. I think there's the house of Cleopatra. 
there in that that sort of community. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, and I think that's called that because it has a very Greek, inf- yes. uh, very Egyptian mm-hmm. influence yeah, to yeah. its architecture, and that's a really interesting thing about the Greeks and the Romans as well is that they were very um, open about other religions. So in many parts of Greece, it, several Egyptian gods were worshipped alongside the Greek pantheon or were associated. So the goddess Isis was considered to be a for another aspect of Aphrodite. So she was off. Mm, well, the Temple of Isis is on Delos, isn't it? Yeah, so there's quite a few of these yes. Egyptian yes, references is. on Delos, more so, I think, than anywhere yeah. I remember. Yeah, and so I, I went to Mykonos specifically to yeah. visit Delos. So I For that purpose. And and I would say there's a large number of people that, that do that. So you, yeah. And I was I was in Mykonos in the shoulder season. I was there at mm-hmm. the start of October and it was much quieter. It was it was it was still busy, but honestly the town of Mykonos when it's a bit quieter like that is very charming, mm. the little laneways. Mm. The, the windmills beautiful. Yeah. It is it is yep. you know, spend spend an afternoon yeah. or a day wandering around the town and the yeah. sunset. My hotel had a rooftop bar. Yeah, because, of course, it does face west or, or Mykonos Town does face west. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a good it's yeah. a good place to stay. And I think if you're a first-timer to Mykonos, that's the best place to stay unless you're after a, a beach club, you know, party environment down on the southern beaches. Um, okay, Delos, yes, very significant. I think everybody, again, needs to go to Delos. Um, I mean, most people are right next to it anyway. So take the time go to the effort to pop over there, at least, as you say, for half a day. Where did you head after Mykonos, Ilona? Now, after Mykonos was Santorini, which, again, is is one of the big ones that not mm-hmm. everyone loves. I feel that Santorini is a bit like Venice. Is You know, some people love it, some people hate it. Yeah, there's nothing like it anywhere in the world. I mean, Mykonos is unique because of its its party vibe and its beach clubs and its international DJs. But as an island, it's very pretty and there's some very good beaches, but it's no more unique than, you know, Paros or Naxos or uh, Eos or Foligandros. It's a beautiful Aegean island and it's similar to all the others. But Santorini being the volcano is completely unique and there's nothing like it anywhere in the world. Really, really incredible. One of the main reasons I went to Santorini, apart from that everyone should see Santorini, is a site Mm -hmm. called Akrotiri. And I know you have an article about I do because we went there, we took some friends there ourselves in July and it's a site that, again, I, I hear people say, oh, there's not that much to do in Santorini, you only need a day or two in Santorini, and yet they, they've never even heard of Akrotiri. Um yeah, and it is hugely yeah. underrated and unknown, which is incredibly surprising. People call it the Pompeii of Greece. I know I've said that many times myself. Because yeah. it was buried by a volcano. But really, we should be calling Pompeii the Akrotiri of Italy because Akrotiri is much older, much, much older. It predates mm, amazing. writing. The Akrotiri is older than, yeah. the alpha, than writing. Uh, it's part of what was called the Pancycladic uh-huh. or the Minoan yep. civilization, and they had just started to develop um, some of the oldest writing in the world, which is known wow. as Linear A and Linear B. Yeah, right. I mean, I think it's worth when we when people make these parallels with Pompeii. It is much smaller than Pompeii. Mm-hmm. The excavated portion is smaller than Pompeii. Yes. Yeah, but I think even when it gets fully excavated, it will still be 
smaller mm-hmm. and also what is excavated is indoors which actually mm-hmm. makes it sometimes a bit yeah. more pleasant to visit because Pompeii can be very Another big hot. difference is that Pompeii is a city built of stone and a lot of acroteri there is stone used in it but a lot of it is effectively mud brick so yes. when they excavated it exposes it to the elements which causes it to degrade really really quickly so they've built this yeah. enormous structure over the top of it to protect yeah. to protect it from the weather and particularly to protect it from special weather yeah. called the the Meltemi. Yes. The Meltemi wind that is one of the strongest winds in the world that blows yeah. in all through the Cyclades in um, from May to October. But that's another that's another story. that's another topic. That's another topic. What was really special to me at Akrotiri is that is that they let you walk down into the city. So you're not just like walking around the outskirts and on the outside of the buildings. You can yeah. walk down on the streets through, yeah. and into some of the buildings. They've done it really well in defining what's modern materials to keep it uh, safe and secure and what's the ancient wall. So all the you can see where the windows were and the lintels and the kitchens yes. and the bedrooms. And the plumbing, and the plumbing, a bathtub and, and the toilets. And, again, when which all may be very inconsequential until you remind yourself how old yeah. – this is. This, people aren't good at imagining, but this is before the Trojan War. This is the Minoan civilization or Cyclade, Pan-Cycladic. Minoan civilization technically only refers to the part of it that was on Crete, but it's yes. part of a broader culture known as the Pan-Cycladic civilization. That's the time of Theseus who yeah. founded, who founded Athens. Yeah. So Amazing. Theseus and the Minotaur. And, and here was this civilization out on this island. Which that were writing. high, high functioning, high yeah. functioning. That's right. It's not caveman it's kind of, you know. Unbelievable. Yeah. And, and it, but it was only just, well, they were probably still mostly using stone tools in their day-to-day life. Bronze would have been around, but it would have been a material used by the wealthy. So this is yes. a Stone Age civilization that built these incredible cities and made this amazing art. Yes. And unlike Pompeii, so I believe, this was a civilization that was likely to have fled as the volcano was starting to yeah. bubble away. So before the, this eruption, Thera, as the island is known is today in Greek, yep. Yep. Santorini is the English and Italian name, Thera is the name of the island, was probably around the size of Naxos, maybe a bit bigger. And it was a big, flat, circular island. And yep. the rumblings from the volcano got loud early enough that everybody was able to leave Santorini yes. and make because you can see Crete from Santorini on a yes, day and make can. it to Crete. Yep. Yes. Um, and that eruption was so enormous, it destroyed all of the island except for that narrow caldera edge. Yep. And some people believe that the after effects of that explosion are what led to the stories of the seven plagues of Egypt. That's how massively it affected the environment. Wow! Around it. yes, I have I have heard that, and it could have been well the tsunamis, the earthquakes. The whole sky would have been black. Yeah, yeah. It's, for it's for quite... months, it probably led to a uh, volcanic winter for the whole yes. region. And the, and the famine, yeah. yeah. And another myth that hangs around Akrotiri, now I, I, again, have no idea if there's any truth in this, but you do hear people talk about that it could be the site of Atlantis. Certainly one of the ideas for where the myth came from. Yes, 
yeah, yeah. But you know, again, it's um, it's a myth that shaped the world that we live in today. So yes. it's um, kids, kids love to hear that. And in fact, I'm not sure. I'm sure you didn't do this, but there is a place you can you drive past when you go to Akrotiri, which is a big, not really a theme park, but it's an experience you can do indoors called the Lost Atlantis 6D Experience, where they give you those, you know, goggles and what have you. And kids kids love doing it, although yep. I know plenty of adults that enjoy doing that too. Oh, did I did you? one on Rhodes. <laughs> I did the, the Colossus of Rhodes well, 8D Experience. <laughs> we'll get to that one. <laughs> but, of course, Akrotiri is also very close to the Red Beach and the Black Beach, which yep. are very famous, are very popular yep. destinations. So you can see it on the way down to the beach. It's not an enormous site. You can and very easy to do too. There's very little traffic down this side of the island. Um, there's a huge car park out the front and, yeah, it, very easy. You're going to be driving back. You'll go past a lot of the best wineries, which we stopped in and had lunch and did a tour. And then I'm assuming you drove over to the other side of the island onto the eastern side. Well, I the bus. I didn't have a car anywhere on the islands. I found buses very efficient and effective on almost all the islands I went to. Yeah, especially Santorini. Yeah. Actually, it's got a very effect, a very yeah. extensive bus network, much more than some of the others. And I, I did make it easier for myself by staying in Fira rather than Oya, mm-hmm. um, yep. because Fira is the centre of the bus network. It's just not as flash and bougie. <laughs> Yeah, although there's plenty of beautiful there is. Uh, hotels there now too. But I think Fira, I think Fira is a good choice for first timers and particularly families. Um, and if you're on a budget, then stay away from the Caldera side and head to the other side, um, which is where the beaches are: Kamari, Perusa. But even on the Caldera side, there are plenty of hotels that don't have that famous view from the rooms, but still have rooftop terraces where you can yep. watch the sunset, where you can experience that part of Santorini, and they're a lot yep. cheaper than the... Oh, and there's even places that do have caldera views down in the south around Megalahori, uh, Akrotiri, the town, that do have beautiful views and are still a fraction of the price of what you're going to pay somewhere, especially in Ia up, yep. up at the very top. So ancient Thera, tell, tell us about that. Ancient Thera, now... You catch the bus from Fira to the base of the mountain, and from there you can walk up if you are a hiker. Um, mm-hmm. You would need to be a very serious hiker, though. It is unbelievably steep. Um, and no shade. No, no shade, shade at, at all. all. Mm-hmm. There is donkeys. I, I would suggest people don't take the donkeys. It's not humane the way they're treated. And you think about mm-hmm. us walking up there in that heat. With no yeah. shade, why would you make an animal do it? I just, no. yeah, I really don't like it. But you will see well, you, them. You know my, you know my thoughts yeah. on the donkeys. I'm, 100% on, I, I, I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent against them everywhere. They have, uh, they're still, you know, carrying bags and and materials around on some and islands. I'm sure, there are operators who treat their animals very, very well and don't let them get overloaded yeah. and stuff. But that is not there the are. norm. But I think going up hundreds and hundreds of steps on very hot days multiple times a day is not right for any no, animal. I agree. Um, so, yeah. So, okay. the bus. <laughs> there is a bus from the base of the mountain right up to the top and the ancient Thera really is at the very tippy top. You can yeah, see right. the whole island of Santorini from there. It feels very different to a lot of the um, ancient sites you're seeing 
Greece because it partly because it is so much older than a lot of the other sites. It is part. It's not the Pancycladic, but it's the very early Greek civilization, probably about the same age as the Mycenaeans, and mm-hmm. it's not a sacred site. They have temples and things, but most of the ancient Greek yeah. sites that have survived are sacred sites, and they survived because the Romans followed more or less the same religion and maintained them. A lot of the cities that were built were then built over or destroyed during centuries of successive occupation. Because we need to remember that Greece was an occupied right. country for 2,000 years, nearly. From the Romans onwards, mm. Greek mm. has been occupied by foreign powers until very recently. So, Yeah, yeah. Which is why it's such a melting pot. Yes. Um, and I, so the views up here would be pretty spectacular. Unbelievable. You can literally see the whole yeah. of Santorini. And you're up there going, you know what, I could reckon I could walk across the whole island. It really lets you know how tiny Santorini is for all yeah. its outsized yeah. position in our imagination. It's only a very small yeah. place. Yeah, that's right. It's only 25 minutes from the top to the bottom. So, yeah. But but yet there's still so much to see and do. I think so it's much. got a lot of yeah. bangs for its bucks, actually, even though some of those bucks can be big bucks. <laughs> but as you said, there are good <laughs> options for Santorini on a budget. Yep. Uh, look, I just last month published a guide on um, how to do Santorini on a budget. You don't have to stay anywhere expensive. And, in fact, really it's only the accommodation that can be expensive. I think food, restaurants, bars, uh, shopping, um, even transport, apart from probably private transfers, is still reasonable. It's much more reasonable than Mykonos. My, my little hotel room wasn't flash, but it was clean and it was quiet and it had a rooftop I could walk up to to watch the sunset, was 46 Australian dollars a night. Yeah, wow. Well, that's Definitely great. doable. And that was in Fira. You you know, yeah, you might yeah. have to put the work in and do some searching and some looking around and booking early, but it's definitely yeah. doable. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. How many days did you spend on uh, Santorini? Just two days. Three nights, okay. two days. Mm-hmm. Well, it was actually nearly three days because my ferry to Crete did not leave until four or five o'clock in the afternoon okay. of the third right. day. So that's where you headed next? Yes. So your ferry was about two hours, give mm-hmm. or take, down Got to Crete, Crete. just as the sun into was setting. Iraklio? Yes, so I stayed in Iraklio while I was in Crete. Mm-hmm. It's not everyone's first, it's not most people's first choice, um, which is totally oh, it's a, fair. It's a big... It's a big, big city. port city, big, crazy, busy port I city. It. Like, yeah, <laughs> I liked it too. I didn't mind it. Um, Iraklio has two really excellent museums. Yeah, very, very good. So one of them is, of course, the muse- Museum of Ancient Crete, which is associated mm-hmm. with – it has all the finds from the site at the Palace of Knossos, mm-hmm. which was the palace – of the Cretan, Pan, the Minoan and Pancycladic civilization, the king of Crete mm-hmm. lived there. Um, and home to the, min- the Minotaur. Home to the Minotaur and the labyrinth of Daedalus, where mm-hmm. Theseus slew the Minotaur. Um, the, this is a really interesting place for a lot of reasons. Um, they, a lot of people are really surprised to find out that the Greeks had slaves, but it's important to remember that slavery in Greece was not what we think of these days is slavery. It wasn't the Middle Passage. It wasn't what's called chattel slavery where humans are property. Um, Slavery in Greece was more like a social class and there were many – it was more often than not people would work their way out of slavery. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Some people Correct. didn't because in in some areas at some times slavery was to be the slave of the the king or the the ruler. There was a very privileged position in society. Mm, and you were born into it, people and you became your grandparents were slaves, yeah. and you well servants. And that's what we would call them today. What They were called yeah. slaves in Greece. And unlike yeah. servants today, you couldn't leave that job if you wanted to. But it was more yeah. like that. But you it, could earn it. You, mm. you could earn that freedom. And it, like it you, wasn't. You could have saved someone's life and the father would say, in return, I'm going to give you your freedom. But not even. A lot of slaves mm. were became slaves because of debt and would have a certain, um, it would be like the their prison sentence. They would need to be slaves for 20 years or long right. enough to work yes. off the debt. And it was a realistic yes. proposition. It wasn't an unusual thing to happen that people yeah. worked away out of slavery. So, yeah. And you can yeah. see a lot of evidence of that at Knossos. There's a lot of the slave quarters um, remaining. So mm. that's quite interesting. The other really important thing about Knossos is this is where we have the records of the oldest writing in just about the world, except for um, some places in the Middle East. The Cretans had a really advanced social system with extensive taxes and um, government payments and things like that, and they were all kept and recorded in great detail on clay tablets mm-hmm. in two languages, Linear A and Linear B. And mm-hmm. when the Palace of Knossos was eventually destroyed, it was destroyed by fire, which preserved a lot of these tablets by firing them into pottery. That's a right. big project for archaeologists at the moment is reconstructing these these most ancient written languages. Wow. Yes. <laughs> um, imagine those conversations. Right? <laughs> well, they're not they're actually not very interesting to be in the middle of the conversations. No, probably not. <laughs> um, but yeah, then uh, so Knossos was discovered um, in the early 20th century, of course, the Greeks knew all about it. The Cretans knew that it was there, but it was discovered by Western Europe in the early 20th century by a man named Arthur Evans, who did most of the excavation. Um, and he also did quite a lot of reconstruction at the site based on what he thought was going on. But it, it mm. provides a really good example of this kind of trap that archaeologists fall into a lot of the time where they assume that the social structures of their own day can be mapped onto the social structures of the past. So he assumed that the grand rooms at the top were for the king and queen and that it was a feudal system and assigned purposes to the rooms based on that and reconstructed a lot of it and destroyed a lot of it in the process. Oh, right. So it's really interesting going today, you see all this reconstruction, which is just based on this Victorian-era man's idea of how the world should work. So it's as much a story about uh, Victorian archaeology as it is about the ancient Crete. And it's interesting, Alona, what's really coming out to me or coming across to me is because of your wealth of knowledge, you're, you're able to see these sites in a different way to maybe the average tourist. And I've, because I've heard people say that they've been disappointed in Knossos Palace. And I think because I think people think it's going to be like Versailles, you know, like you're going to turn up and there's going to be this massively huge, impressive, decadent, over the top palace. When in actual fact, you know, what has been restored is actually quite small and obviously it's it's very ancient and there's still a lot of restoration work to do and it's will never be on the scale of Versailles anyway. But this is when it really pays to either take some time to have read up on it and have a good guidebook yeah. and a good, you know, self-tour tool, whatever you may be using, or pay that little bit 
bit of money, they're not expensive to get a guide yeah. and know what it is that you're looking at because these stories that you're sharing with us now are just not going yeah. to be obvious to no. people and they're not going to understand what they're looking and at. And I will say that Knossos was one of only two places in Greece that I actually did pay for the guide. Right. Because okay. um, it yeah. is such a, it is, it is quite a complex site. And I knew a lot of this, but I knew I would have trouble as a non-expert separating out what was new and what was old and things like that. But, but yeah. that was really easy. I just turned up on the site. There's guides out the front. They're fully licensed. Most of them are actually professional archaeologists who work as guides in the, in the, when they're not digging. Yeah. They have a wealth of knowledge. And I think it, it's a hundred dollars for the tour with up to 12 people. So you just kind of a hundred euros rather. You just kind of wait until 12 people have showed up and you all give them. Which is, you know, super, reason, super reasonable, really. It's, it, it was 120 euros, so it ended up being two, 10 euros each for 12 people. Oh, that's crazy. Imagine what, imagine what it would cost here. Yeah, <laughs> I know. It would, yeah. Anyway, um, the other cool things to look out for at Knossos are that in areas you can see the original facade of the palace, which was coated in gypsum. So it shines in the sunlight like diamonds. It's wow. very beautiful. And if mm. you walk around down, because once you've done the tour, you have time to walk around on the side as long as you like. Walk around down to the back of the hill and you'll actually see there's all the old plumbing still sticking out the back of the hill, the terracotta pipes. And you can actually see where these pipes lead up to old toilets effectively. They're like outhouses, long drop toilets that would yeah, stick yeah. out the side of the building and then a pipe yeah. leading down to the sewage pit on the back of the hill. So there were actually pipes or yeah. was there just a sewerage pit under? No, there were pipes that led from, okay. the, from the toilets down to the septic, what would now call a septic tank, down away right. from the city. Really very advanced. Huh. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> Again, when you think about when you think about just how old we're talking, you know, the era that we're talking yeah. about here. And so easy to get to, 20 minutes on the bus from the centre of, of Iraklion. It's really yeah. easy to go. So, and the other thing I think, we only spent, uh, 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 was it overnight or maybe two nights in Arachne, but it's significantly cheaper than Hanya, yeah. which is, um, you know, very pretty and definitely worth seeing. Um, my favourite, to be honest, is Rethimnon, which is halfway between both of them, and I feel like it's got the best of both worlds. It's uh -huh. smaller, more authentic, more affordable, um, but anyway, look, people love Hanya and there's good reason for that and, and it is a great base for all of those amazing beaches that are out on the western yeah. western side of the island. And, look, I this is the one mistake I made in my trip is I only set aside three nights in Crete and it's the one yeah, place I left. See how big it is when you get there. Well, <laughs> Rhodes is quite big as well, which is where I went next, but I felt like three days in Rhodes was enough. For me mm. personally, three days in Crete, it's the one place I left feeling like I had missed out and shortchanged myself. So, Oh, look, we felt that after two weeks. Yeah. I, look, I think <laughs> Crete, look, off the top of my head, still about five times the size of roads. Okay. And I think what people don't realise, it's not even the size of it, it's home to 650,000 yeah. people. So it's like a country. Yeah. And we, we spent two weeks there and we never got to the the very southern parts that I, I believe are probably the best parts. Yeah. Um, so that's a whole other trip And there for are us. definitely some sites on roads that I didn't and things to do that I, I really wanted to do. Um, there's a cave in the mountains in the interior which is rumoured to be the birthplace of Zeus. 
Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, there's the hike at Samaria Gorge. There's mm-hmm. and this is just scratching the very very surface. Like there's just so much to do there. Spinalonga Island. So <laughs> I'm not yep. sure if you had yep, a I've chance it, to yeah. read that. I published that only this week, but um, that was a really, really worthwhile day trip that we did out on uh, to that was a uh, former leper colony and um, very, again, very different to anywhere else that I've been, even in Greece, where an island was an entire leper colony. It's very sad um, in many ways. But, yes, a lot to see and do. It's a very, very interesting island and very, very heavily Ottoman influence to this yeah. day. So, John kept saying, I feel like I'm in Turkey. <laughs> so, as I said, there were, I went to two really excellent museums in Iraklion. One was mm-hmm. the museum associated with the ancient site at Knossos, which is mm-hmm. fantastic, as good as the National Museum in Athens at least mm-hmm. that good. The other, though, yeah. was the City Museum of Iraklion, which is the history of modern Crete. So it goes yeah. through occupation by the Venetians. Then there was any – the siege of Iraklion was one of the great battles of the Renaissance period where the Ottomans had the city under siege for a decade. Yeah. Um, and then the Ottoman rule and then the fight for independence. And it, it's one of the best modern history museums I've ever been to. I really highly yeah. recommend it. Excellent. Um, okay, so from Crete, did you get – so you went to Rhodes after mm-hmm. Crete. Did you get the direct No, ferry? I flew. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, oh, so a, direct, a direct flight? A direct flight. So at the time there yeah. was there were daily direct fr- flights from Crete to Rhodes. Yeah. yeah. I understand from you, Sandy, that that's now only twice a week. Well, that I, COVID, you know, yeah. good old COVID. Uh, last year, they seemed to be back to twice a week. This year, I'm not sure. The ferry schedule still hasn't been released, yeah. as you know. So I, I feel like last year was a bit of an experiment and 2023 might be back to sort of normal viewing, yeah. but not, not sure yeah. yet. Yeah, so I probably wouldn't have gone to Rhodes if I'd had to take the overnight ferry or gone back to Athens, it is a very long way away from Crete and Cyclades. Like, people really underestimate how long it takes to get to the other side of the Aegean. Yeah. Changing island groups, going back, you almost always have to go back to Athens. It's just Crete and Rhodes are two of the bigger islands, so they just happen to have flights between them. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can even, uh, pre-COVID, you can fly between Crete and Kefalonia in the Ionians. And Corfu. But again, every year it changes. So um, it's hard to predict what the schedules are going to be and also what the government's going to approve because people don't realise that it's not actually completely up to the private organisations. They all have to get permission from yeah. the government and there's fees and cetera, taxes <laughs> to be paid. Um, okay, so you you got to Rhodes. Did you stay in uh, the old town? I or? did. I did. Yep. I found a nice little pensione in... I don't know if they're called pensione in Greece. That's the very much the Italian word. But um, yeah, I think they're just called uh, rooms usually. Yes. Yaya, Yaya's rooms. Yaya's rooms, pretty much, yeah. right in the middle of the old town. I, if you are staying in Rhodes Town rather than Lindos, that would a hundred percent be my recommendation. Get inside yeah. the walls. The taxi yeah. will only take you as far as the walls of the city, so you will have a walk with your suitcase. Good, ho- uh, A lot of hotels, though, will send a porter to meet you and help you with your luggage. Yeah, look, I agree. I mean, we had a good good look around um, <clears throat> in June. This is John's mother's island. He's been there before several times. <laughs> anyway, 
I agree. I think the old town is fascinating. It's beautiful. It's charming. It's got. It's it's very very nice. Um, the only downside I'd say if you've got a car and you do need a car for roads, uh, well, you don't need one, but it, it can be handy. Um, it is very hard to park. Mm -hmm. So I would suggest maybe not getting a car until you really need it and using it for the day just or use just it for the day. Over, yeah. Yeah. Or maybe two days at best, but yeah. you don't need one. If you're staying on roads for a week, I wouldn't have a car for a week because it's so hard to park. I think the new town, if you want to be over near the beach, that's quite nice too. And you can walk into the old town, but I, I prefer the old town and as well. It's the same goes. If you want to go to the beach, it's an easy walk down to the beaches from Old Town. Exactly. And it's much nicer. Um, yeah. So Rhodes Old Town is actually a single fort. Yes. So the yes. Normans, the Crusaders built. And this is so different from the rest of Greece. So different from the rest of Greece. And yeah. a really key reason to make it to Rhodes if you can. Yeah. And I think especially, Aloni, if you have children. And, and we'll get to that. But... Um, so good for kids. But yeah. even I don't have children, but I could see it was a real family destination. And yeah. it's I think Rhodes is a, in particular is a very popular destination for English people. So yeah. English speaking was widespread there, even more so than the rest of Greece, I found. Yes. Yeah. yeah, Rhodes and Corfu. Yeah. So the whole of the old town is UNESCO World Heritage listed and everywhere mm -hmm. you walk it's just um, – palaces and crenellated walls and churches it's mm. it's much more and a maze of yes, alleys much more recent than the rest of greece um one of the wonderful things you can do is find your way down into the moat what would have been the moat contrary to popular mm -hmm. belief moats were not usually filled with water moats around castles they were normally just wide open spaces at the bottom of a ditch so that the army the opposition army couldn't easily walk across to your walls um, yeah, right. And you can go for a walk around the whole of the old town at, at the bottom of the moat, which is this gorgeous open parkland now. Mm. We got horribly lost in here. I'm pretty sure everybody yep. does. That's a rite of, rite of part passage. Of the wonder of it. I think <laughs> as people don't understand that Google have not been able to send their no. little cars with their with their cameras through these old towns. And there's old towns on many of the islands, but this is a particularly compli complicated and impressive one. And, yes, I was trying to use Google Maps and it just kept taking us to dead ends and down into the moat. And But, anyway, it, does, it didn't matter. It was a wonderful way to get lost because we found a beautiful taverna in a beautiful shady square and we just spent a long time there and uh, somehow ended up finding our way to the Palace of the yep. Grand Master and um, it was, it's easy enough to get back. Um, to the to the port and from there. Something I really encourage people to do in Greece is to get lost. Put away your phone yep. and just go walking through yep. the old town. Don't get anxious about it. Everything is so close. And don't overschedule yeah. everything. You don't have to have an activity every hour. And these towns are really much smaller than people from America and Australia especially are used to. It doesn't matter how lost you get. If you show a local the name of your hotel, they'll be able to take you back or direct you back to it. Don't worry yes. about it yeah. being properly lost. Yeah. Just put your phone away yeah. and start walking through the alleyways in the old town. And and also very safe. So You're safe. not going to get mugged if you go down, you know, a um, if you go down a, a dead end. In fact, it'll be the opposite. People will probably stop and ask. What are you, you doing if you're here? Lost are you lost? Do you need help? help? Uh, yeah. <laughs> someone's yelling yeah. up and start shouting at you in Greek. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. 
one of my daughters was put on the back of a bi- of a motorbike yeah. once and taken back because she forgot her um I can't remember what she forgot something at the hotel and anyway you know that's just the philotimo yes, for you mm. which also has wonderful mythological roots okay go on I, oh I'm surprised you don't know the story no no I want okay. you to tell it um, <laughs> so I think it was Zeus and Hermes the 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 king of the gods and the messenger of the gods. And the and the god of travel, yes, Hermes. They decided to my favorite. <laughs> uh, take a visit to the mortal world, and they took on the guise of beggars, so that people wouldn't know who they were. And everywhere they went, people turned them away. They said, "Filthy beggars, poor people. We don't want you in our house. Get away from us." Until they came to the homes of Bilos was the name of one of the people. I think in the man in the house and his wife. But um, regardless, mm. it was a an elderly couple who were quite poor themselves, who lived as goat herds up in the up in the hills. They came to the door late at night, and this man and his wife welcomed them into their home, gave them their food. And when the gods said, "But you have so little, why give it to us?" and they said, "Because food is always more filling when you share it with friends." And now we are friends because we've shared together. We're not strangers anymore. We've eaten together. We're friends. And the gods were so impressed that they revealed themselves and granted them any wish that they wanted the old couple said our only wish is that we want to remain together forever so when they died they were turned Mm. into two olive trees that were intertwined so that they lived forever together very good (laughs) i haven't heard i haven't heard that story for a long time actually um and i just finished reading again another book of myths but Anyway, there's so yeah. many. There's so it's many. So, it, that just shows how much <laughs> that kindness to strangers is core to the Greek identity. Yes. And these myths and stories it, from ancient Greece is still very much alive in Greece today. Mm, mm. And it's a value that is is drummed into them yes. from birth, um, which I think they can't, they just can't no. resist. They can't ignore. Mm. And why they're so good at hospitality. Yeah. Okay, so what did you get up to on well, roads? I, 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 as I said, I spent a whole day wandering around the old town, exploring the moat, exploring yep. the little alleys. There's a wonderful uh, – the day I was doing this was a Friday, so I didn't get to go in, but there's a um, wonderful Jewish quarter in the old town. It was one of mm-hmm. the oldest yep. Jewish um, populations in the whole of Europe until, unfortunately, the fascist era, the until the yep. war, um, when yep. all, all of the Jewish people on roads – died as were were murdered it's which to this day um it's quite clear in roads from the signs and the the memorials up that 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 still affects the people there to this day but there's some Mm. wonderful Mm. synagogues that whole area is beautiful i felt that alana just digressing a little bit very much too in thessaloniki um, because they had a huge Jewish population up there um, and there's a number of synagogues still there that are very active. So, yeah. I happened, and it was purely by coincidence, I happened to be in Rhodestown on what is in no- the very start of November on Ochi Day, which is the day uh-huh. of no. It's the no. day the Greeks yeah. said to the Italian fascist regime, no, you may not come into Greece, no, you may not use us, we will not join yeah. you. And, you know, Greece Greece was was occupied fairly soon after that. They could not stand against the Italians and the Germans, um, but it's a source of great national pride that they said no, and it, mm-hmm. uh, there was a unbelievably mm-hmm. huge 
parade in the streets that day with all the people in their national costumes singing and playing drums and it was amazing. Yeah, that's a great time to be there. So the other things I did, I took a day trip out to Lindos, which is uh, Mm -hmm. roads in ancient times was divided into three city states. The capital of one is where the old town now is, but the capital of another is at Lindos. Lindos is just Mm -hmm. pretty, isn't Mm. it? (laughs) It's very, it's very pretty. We we stayed there for three nights in June last year. Um, we really enjoyed it. It was great. We went down to Wham in St Paul's Bay every day, and the and the village at night time is beautiful. All the there's very upmarket restaurants and bars there, and it really comes alive. The only drawback I'd say is just when the tour buses turn up from the cruise ships. And they all turn up at once mm-hmm. on Lindos and they all leave at once. So during the day it can be very congested and very, you know, very, very busy. But at night time it's wonderful. Um, the site is is interesting but not especially so, especially con- compared to some of the other sites we've been talking about. I would say it's more like ancient Thera in that it was a working city rather than a religious site, so that's quite interesting. Something to look for, though, while you're there is as you're at the entrance point, which is also where you exit from, there's a carving of a a ship on the wall and it's quite hard to see but there's some writing around it and it's they think it's the old well it is the oldest known uh greek writing in any monument in greece wow. so that's well, quite cool that. to see yeah. this is in the acropolis yes. the, the entrance yeah, yeah, yeah. to the acropolis yes yeah, yeah. um i i really loved it but I think most people don't go to Lindos. Like people will do it when they're in Lindos, but Lindos is about the beach and the yeah the food and all that. Oh, I don't know. There were there were thousands of people tra- definitely tra- traipsing up there, that hill. If you were there, do it. Um, again, the views are quite amazing from because the Greeks did build their city up high. The the views, the colour of the, the water and amazing. roads really sticks yeah. with me. That bright blue green yeah. of the ocean there was really incredible. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also, yeah. on the same day, on the same afternoon, and I just caught buses around roads for this because I was only there uh-huh. for a few days, I visited Chimeros, yeah. which is much, much lesser known than Lindos, um, and it was the third of the three capitals of roads. Yeah. It's, and whereabouts is that? Oh, I, okay. It's over on the um, what's it, uh, the west west coast. Yes. 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 Right. So I caught the bus to Lindos. Did that in the morning. Ate there. Caught the bus across to Chimeros. Been a couple. You do not need more than t- more than an hour or so at Chimeros because mm. it's not that big and it's not because it's not her- heavily touristed. It's not heavily interpreted like. Mm-hmm. Lindos yeah, or sure. the old town is. Sure. So you're just wandering around this old city. The Italians did quite a lot of restoration work there while they were occupying Greece. So you can mm-hmm. see a lot of reconstructed buildings. They're actually having some issues with that because the reconstruction methods they used had a lot of um, steel and things that are now rusting out and destroying the ancient monuments. But it's it's a city that's built up the side of the hill rather than on top of it. So you walk up right. the hill through yes. the town to the big yeah temple on top and then the views out over the ocean and there's no one there you're wow. completely yeah. by yourself basically in this ancient greek city it was quite wonderful. yeah right wow well that's a, well that's a handy little um hidden gem maybe to 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 know about yeah and that's if you would like that experience of being alone in an ancient site i mean there are there were maybe there were maybe four other people there when I was there. So you can just wander into a part of the site. And there's quite a lot of um, what in Australia we would call bushland coming up around the edges yeah. of the site. So there's a lot of animals and trees and 
No, no, yeah. It's lovely. It, it is an interesting, very diverse island like that because um, I guess if you've come from the um, Kekladis Islands, you'll you'll think that they're all dry. But once you get to Crete and Rhodes and there's waterfalls mm-hmm. and rivers and lakes and, you know, it's it's very different proposition. As all the islands are, once you get up to the sporadic islands or the Ionian islands, they are, per, they are just covered in forests and very, very mm-hmm. green. So there's a lot of diversity across the island groups. Um is that it? Is that was that I the did, end of I your... did take a tour to Saimi from Rhodes as well. Oh, good. Well, my um, favourite, or oh, one of my favourites, <laughs> which is just yeah. a little jewel box of an island. But uh, there, there is, we did not go stunning. there for the archaeology. Uh, there's not an uh, well. There may be. A, there probably is archaeological sites there. I know it was. Um, the, I don't major, think there is. It was a major <laughs> shipbuilding centre at the time of um, Alexander yeah. the Great. That's where he got yeah. most of his warships from. Was Saimi. Yeah. But there's not a lot of remnants of that. It's mostly, I would say, Venetian age. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we spent four days there uh, in June. John wants to move there tomorrow. (laughs) It's amazing. Um, We we absolutely loved it. There's certainly monasteries and churches. There's certainly history there, but I'm not aware of any sort of significant archaeology that um, is there. But if you find yourself with a day, an extra day in Rhodes, and you're wondering what to do, that would definitely be my recommendation. Just it Definitely. was it was I think around a hundred dollars for the boat. They took us to the monastery on one side of the island, and then the town for lunch. We had about four or five hours to wander around, and then back to Rhodes Old Town. And it was it was a beautiful day. Yeah, it's it's gorgeous. There's another little island actually just off Rhodes called Halki, and it's a very it's like a smaller version of of Simi as well. Yeah. So um, that's also a really nice day trip with even less people. Yeah, and we were actually going to stay there in 2020, but we. We all know what happened in 2020. Yes. yes. Uh, and yes, so was, was, then I flew back to Athens, which we, we did at the beginning, and yep. that was my Greek odyssey. And that was it. Well, that's quite a significant one. Well done. You went to um, some really, really amazing places, and hopefully you'll get back there one day and, and see a whole bunch more. <laughs> yes, definitely. Well, certainly I missed out on – I did miss some places that I would very much have liked to see. There was a lot on Crete that I missed. I didn't make it to – uh, Ithaca and Kefalonia, mm-hmm. which mm. was high on my Odysse- list. It was Odysseus. The, yeah. the castle of Odysseus, which you can go and walk around in. It was just, it, it, I couldn't, um, find space in my, uh, yeah, I just couldn't find the space to get over there. It's quite, um, oh, hey, I think I didn't get to Ithaca until about my fifth or sixth visit, and I've been there twice now. I did go to Naxos as well, which I skipped in that whole list. Zeus's cave? Zeus's cave? No, I didn't make it to there. So I was there right at the end of the season, so a lot of tours weren't running. Right. Um, and it's – if you Naxos, you do, I think, need a car. I struggled without a car on Naxos. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Potara's amazing. Don't go at sunset when everyone else goes. Go at dawn. It's unbelievably spectacular at dawn and there's no one else there. But that's rather than a ruin. That's actually, wasn't that actually the beginning of something that never got built? Never got built. Yes, it was supposed to be a temple to Apollo and they had built a little bit of it, but it it never was finished. So it's just one doorway, one monumental doorway remaining on this little spit of land in Naxos Chorter. And then I I did catch the bus into the centre of the island to visit the Temple of Demeter which is mm-hmm. great. Highly mm-hmm. recommend people go out there. There's a lot of um, original ritual objects and things out there that you can see. Thank you so much for talking to to us. This is now going to be a 
three-episode series, but I think it just shows you that um, you think it's a, a quick topic, it's something we can just brush over and summarise, but it's so complex and so interesting that once you get started, uh, there's so much to say. So, I agree. And, you know, I hear people say, oh, I don't know about Greece, I'm not a beach person. Greece offers everything. It really, really does. That's right. And if you're visiting off-season, it really doesn't matter. There's so much to see and do Absolutely. other than, even other than history, there's hiking, there's, you know, cooking, food, wine, there's shopping, there's so many other things yeah. you can do. So, it's uh, you know, it's no wonder that it's dear to our heart and one of our favourites. Thank you again. I'm going to finally let you go <laughs> enjoy your weekend thank you for having me <laughs> and no problem and i'll see you and others will see you again perhaps in the facebook group so thanks yes. alona thanks so much sandy yasas